Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, what shall we, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already knew or had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those to who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that were left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. They were all satisfied. So many powerful lessons from this important passage, and important for many reasons, not the least of which is that this is the only miracle that Jesus performed that appears in all four Gospels, aside from the resurrection. I'm going to cover a lot of the different lessons that come out of this passage, but I'm going to focus on one that comes out of verse number 12, where it says, when they all had enough to eat. That's from the New International Version. That verse in the New English Translation, one of the more modern translations, reads, when they were all satisfied. The word filled there that's used in the New International Version in Greek literally means to fill up, to completely satisfy. Aren't you glad Jesus satisfies? And this is a well-known story by so many for many reasons, and many can recall the various elements of it. Jesus and his disciples sat down on a mountainside, and a large crowd gathers and follows him. It says the crowd numbered 5,000 men, which is kind of the way they numbered things. The estimates could easily have been there were over 15,000 people there, if you include women and children. Jesus asks Philip, where can we buy food for this crowd? Now, Jesus asks a where question. Philip responds with a how question. How are we going to do this? Andrew mentioned that there's a little boy right here with his lunch, five loaves, five barley loaves, and two fish. Jesus takes the offering, he gives thanks, and blesses it. And everyone in the crowd, all 15,000 plus, are able to eat and have enough beyond what they wanted. And then when Jesus 
goes to his disciples and tells them to gather all that was left over. There were 12 baskets that were left. And the crowd is amazed, so amazed, they proclaim him the prophet that they had been waiting for, and they want to make him their king by force. Anyone ever had any success strong-arming God? It don't work. And in this sense of being forced into this, what is a political position of being their king to give them some relief from being in bondage to Rome, Jesus withdraws. Now, that's the basic story. Now, we're going to dive in a bit. When Jesus sees the crowd, he strikes up a conversation with Philip initially. We're told that Jesus already knew what he was going to do. I want to emphasize that. Whenever you come to God with anything, rest assured, he already knows what he's going to do. Jesus engaged Philip to test him. Now, we often have this wrong idea when it comes to a test. We often look at a test only as pass-fail. But often we need to see a test as an opportunity to learn something. And in this situation, Philip did learn something. We need to see that times of testing are times to identify those areas of our lives that are rough, that need to go deeper in the Lord. We need to see times of testing as times where we can grow and gain deeper knowledge. Again, Jesus asks a where question. Where can we get food for all this crowd? And Philip is astonished. Get food? We don't have, it would take over Eight months' salary, some of the other gospel writers are specific, to feed all these people. Don't ever doubt that in your most challenging time that God has an answer. God will always have an answer to your issue. God is never surprised at what goes on in your life, and he is never caught off guard. He wants us to trust his power to be sufficient and his timing to be perfect. All Philip could see was the size of the problem. Our problems can be big, but aren't you glad that our God is bigger? The God that you serve is bigger than any situation you face. Then Andrew chimes in, and he starts out okay. He says, well, Lord, we've got a little boy here with five small barley loaves and two small fish. If he'd have stopped there, that would have been great. But then he has to add at the end, but what is this to all this crowd? It's just something small. Church, never doubt what God can do with something small. Never doubt what God can take in your life and from your hands that might seem insufficient or insignificant and what God can do with it. Never doubt what God can do with what's given to him freely in worship. Never doubt what God can do with your prayers. Never doubt what God can do with your time. Never doubt what God can do with your resources. God doesn't need big offerings to do big things because he's a big God. He can move mountains with mustard seed faith, and that's where we need to just trust him to be able to do. The money we give to missions, the shoeboxes that we give at Christmas time, Given the size of the problem of how many children throughout the world need the gospel, what we do in our small church may seem on a small scale, but what God can do can touch the life and work miracles from that. 
All these may seem small when compared to others, but God can do wonders with small things. And I want to draw attention to the specific lunch the little boy had. Five barley loaves and two fish. Now, it doesn't come out in the passage, but we need to understand the times that these stories were part of. Barley loaves were not the most prominent way of eating bread. Barley loaves were only loaves of bread that were made from barley were only used by those in poverty. Only the poor would have eaten a barley loaf. And I don't know about you, but I've seen sometimes pictures of the five loaves and two fish, and I've seen pictures in either uh, graphic design things or in Sunday school lessons, and they picture the five loaves of bread like these long loaves of Italian bread you get in the store. They were small barley loaves about the size of a child's fist. And the two fish, they were not two-foot pieces of tuna that you can get for sushi. They were about the size of sardines. This was lunch for a little boy. Although Italian bread would have been good at that point, I do admit. This was barely enough for him. Church, don't ever diminish the impact that you can have for God with what is just in your hand. Don't ever look down on what God can do with the little that you have. I don't have much to give, but what you give, God can do miracles with. He can take that and feed 15,000 people and have some left over. And the next thing Jesus does when he takes the bread and the fish is he gives thanks. I am still amazed as I look over our culture and our society at just, it seems, at a very basic level, how ungrateful and unthankful people are today. There is power in a life that is centered in being thankful. There is peace in a life that is centered in being thankful. Can things go wrong? Yes, but I'm thankful that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I can't figure out, that there is a God in heaven who has his hand on my life, and I can be thankful for that. Before asking God to work miracles and expand what you have, we as his people need to just be thankful for what he has already given us and for what we have. We know the verses from what Paul teaches in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 10, I begin reading. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that you, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And then the verse we all quote and all love, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When Paul says there, I know what it is, he's not just saying I acknowledge or I have experience. Again, going deeper into the language of the scriptures in Greek, when he says I know, he's also saying I can appreciate what it is to be hungry. I can appreciate what it is to have 
not enough. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Aren't you glad that in Jesus you can go through anything? Aren't you glad through Jesus you can put up with anything? Yeah, I didn't hear a lot of amens on that one. Because we don't want to put up with anything. But in Jesus, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That includes being content in whatever circumstance that you're in. But we know what happens next. A miracle. It truly is banquet time. The disciples distribute food to feed over 15,000 people with 12 baskets left over. Now the passage in John chapter 6, verse number 12, that we read from in the New International Version, reads, they all had enough. In the New English Translation, it says they were all satisfied. In the Contemporary English Version, another version that's relatively new, it says the people ate all they wanted. Are we getting the sense here? They were completely satisfied. As many of you know, I've been away for a couple of weeks. If you didn't know that, you can look at my wife's tan. It was wonderful. So many amazing places to see on the cruise we took to the Mediterranean. Places we've talked about for years that we wanted to go and see. Especially going to Spain, which has always been something we wanted to do. And in fact, we've shared this. When we first got married, I told my wife, because it was always a dream of hers to go to Spain, that one day I will get you to Spain. took me 40 years to get there, but I did it. I got her to Spain. Something we'd always talked about. We were very free, and we posted tons of pictures on social media to share the entire trip with everybody that is connected with us through those mediums. And there were wonderful comments and encouragement and people happy for us. But there was one prevalent comment that I heard, I saw over and over again that kind of paused me. And it was that this seems like the trip of a lifetime. And I have to admit that paused me. I believe I understand the comment, what everyone was trying to say. As far as people were sharing in our joy and in our experience, but church, I've learned a few things over the course of my life. That life is so much more than what we eat or what we wear. That life is so much more than what we call these life moments. Yes, it was something we'd always wanted to do, and we've talked about that, that we've experienced this, about doing something again. But I want to be clear. My life has value and it will continue to have value. And it would have had value if we had never taken this cruise. This didn't validate me in any way, shape, or form. Being in Jesus' presence is what validates my existence and gives my life worth. Life can be so much more and is so much more than the places we visit. Now, it was wonderful that I can now say... I've had pizza in three different cities of, it, of, of Italy. In a little small resort village called Via Reggio, just south of Pisa. In Naples and in Rome. And I can say unequivocally, the best pizza I've ever had is from Brooklyn. But the pizza in Rome was really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Have places that you want to visit, 
But these things that we do should not be as some way of validating a life existence or some way of giving worth. You have worth in Jesus Christ because he saved you and he keeps you and he gives you strength to go through each and every day. Now, as I mentioned, we're already talking about other adventures. But as many of you know, since I work in Manhattan a couple days a week, just going into Manhattan can be its own adventure. I want to be clear. It was a great time. It was wonderful. The cruise was everything we could have hoped for. Not a glitch. But it didn't give my life meaning or purpose. Being in Jesus' presence does that. Being his child does that. Following his will for my life does that. And for that, I didn't have to go anywhere. I can just be in his presence. That crowd sat in his presence and experienced the fulfillment of God being there with them. And again, I want to emphasize this. We had a great time, and we want to do other things. But there were a couple of posts that said it's... As we got to the end of the trip, it sounds like you had a great time. It's such a shame you have to come home. I was happy to come home. There was no sadness to come coming home. I missed being home. I missed my church. I missed all of you. I was looking forward to tell you that the best pizza is in Brooklyn. (laughs) Fellowship with God's people is an awesome thing. Our lives in Jesus are awesome because Jesus satisfies. I see so much discontentment in our world today. People seem so unable to just find a place of rest, and they still confuse the concept of contentment with complacency, and they're not the same. I don't need to be frustrated with my life. I don't need to be dissatisfied with my life to be able to pursue better things. I can just pursue them because they're the things that I want to do and they're the things that Jesus wants for me. These people on a mountainside overlooking the Sea of Galilee experienced a miracle and were satisfied because that's what happens when you step into Jesus' presence. You become satisfied. Then they, as so many do, after experiencing the miracle working power of Jesus and being in his presence, they mess it up. Now they rightly look at him as the prophet that is prophesied about in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and they see him as the Messiah. But they want to make him their leader, and it's not their leader spiritually. It's their leader politically. They want to make him king. They are looking for someone to free Israel from the bondage of the Roman Empire. And Jesus will have none of it. As I mentioned, I've tried to get Jesus to do what I want him to do. It doesn't work. It's just a waste of time. Couldn't they just enjoy the satisfaction of being in Jesus' presence a little longer? And the question I have is, can't we? There are many things I have that I want to accomplish in ministry. There are many things and dreams I have for this church. There are many things I want to see done for the kingdom of God. 
but none of them gets in the way of my being able to come here each Sunday and just be thankful for the people that we have and for the ministry that we're doing and to thank God that he is still on the throne and still in charge of my life. So whether, so whatever miracle the Lord, whatever miracle from the Lord you need, seek after it. Go for it. Whatever dream you have, pursue it. Especially if that dream lines up with the word of God. And someone said to me once, well, I have a dream. I have a dream that I'm going to win the lottery. And the person said, and if I win the lottery, I promise I'll tithe. Okay. At some other point, I'll go over my whole concept of my question about the lottery. But if you have dreams, pursue them. But don't live a life that, pers- that requires the spectacular in order to have a life that has purpose. Don't live a life that requires the visually stimulating in order to declare that it's been a good life. If we want to live a good life, we need to follow Jesus Christ. Because if you do all of these things, if you travel the entire world, if you see everything this world has to offer, and it has to offer some amazing things, and you've missed Jesus, it has all been for nothing. A good life is equal to following Jesus and to bask in his presence. And that's what we need to do as his people. We're surrounded by a culture that defines a good life in so many other material ways. Let him take something small in your life and fill your life with unmatchable unmatchable joy or with satisfaction. I really had no concerns the two weeks I was gone. I knew God was going to show up here. And we were six hours ahead, so when it was about four o'clock in the afternoon, wherever we were, I knew God was ministering powerfully here because that's what God does. He shows up. I knew that the word was being preached with boldness and without compromise. I knew that God's people were worshiping. I knew because of all that being true that you were having the same exact awesome time that we were. You didn't need to be on a cruise. Now, it would have been really cool if we all could have taken that cruise together. But isn't it really, really awesome when we all come to church together and we all experience his joy together and we all come back together and just love him and one another? That, to me, is a good life. And it began not just with the five loaves and the two fish, but he took it and he gave thanks. I thank God for all of you. I thank God for God. I thank God for Jesus' sacrifice. I thank God for all that he's done and all that he's going to do. And when I think about that, I can rest. I can, as Paul put it, be content. Stand with me, please.